the leg itself looks awful. And when he tries to walk, I mean, last year, even now, he's got a little bit of what they call drop foot. It's a little bit, you know, drags the foot along with him. And he wears a special brace that gives him the ability to run with it. But yeah, if you were to watch him walk around, you'd think this guy can't play quarterback in the oh, NFL. This yeah. is ridiculous. That's Les Carpenter, sports reporter for The Washington Post. At the weekend, 693 days after breaking his right tibia and fibula, after 17 surgeries, nearly losing his leg, nearly losing his life, Alex Smith put his helmet on, suited up, and played football on the gridiron. He was only 9 of 17 for 37 yards of passing, but it wasn't about the stats. It was about the man, Alex Smith, and his remarkable journey from hospital bed through rehab to the football field with his wife and children in the stands. Hey, Les. How are you today? Very good. Very good. I think uh, probably not as good as how Alex Smith and his family, his wife especially, probably felt after he departed the field of play on Sunday in one piece. This story is... A fantastic story, really. The the NFL is filled with great stories, but this one really captured the hearts, I think, of people globally. We saw the coverage over here, and you couldn't help but stop what you were doing and watch that occasion. I know that we were talking just before we came on air here, and you still it still hasn't sunk in. You, you haven't managed to, to comprehend the intensity i guess of what had happened in front of your eyes on sunday yeah it was amazing because when this injury happened two years ago uh yeah the, the obvious assumption was and everybody around the football team and basically everybody in the sport just oh well this was it there was no way he could possibly come back from this injury not only was the break so bad in his leg uh but the the fact that he wound up having such a horrible infection that required 17 surgeries uh there was no chance that he would come back and even over the last couple of years as we've watched him inch back toward one it never seemed real and even when he uh, they, they activated him and had him practice this summer in training camp you're still thinking, okay, but he'll never play in a game. And then we got into the season, and all of a sudden they, they made a move with their starting quarterback, and suddenly he was the backup. And all of a sudden he's grabbing a helmet on, on Sunday, and he's running out to the field in the middle of the game because the other quarterback was hurt. And you, you, just, you're, you don't even have time to get your heart in your throat thinking, what's he doing out here? It's uh, He's out there playing, and he's actually getting tackled right away, which was the thing everyone wanted to know. Could he take a hit? And and then he did, and then he took many more. <laughs> and they weren't just any hits. They were Aaron Donald. It looked like he was giving him a piggyback at one stage. So I think if everyone had to test the legs, that's the way to do it. <laughs> it really is. And it's funny because you think about the fact that the player who – or one of the two players who injured him – it's really unfair to say that about them – but. Uh, who tackled him when he broke his leg was J.J. Watt, the star pass rusher. And here's perhaps the other best pass rusher in the NFL, Aaron Donald. I mean, he's, he's the poor guy. He can't get away from these, <laughs> these superstars who are enormous men. And 
Yeah, I, I, if you could see Alex Smith's leg, if you could see him walking around. I mean, last year he was in the locker room. Obviously, we can't get in the locker rooms this year because of COVID protocols. But when he, you know, when you would see him around the building last year, like, oh gosh, he can't come back. He's hobbling around like an old man in a way. He's dragging his leg along. The little glimpses you'd get of the leg, it looked horrible. Uh, you know, just lost so much muscle and tissue in it. In fact, he can't play. He can't possibly do this. So the leg will just dissolve. Uh, I mean, so much has been taken from his body and grafts to to give him a little bit more in that in that part of the leg that the rest of his body will be weakened. It just the whole thing seemed like a preposterous idea, and then he's out there doing it. Uh, it it's it's stunning. It's remarkable. It really is. So you could you could physically see there a year ago that. The muscle had completely deteriorated. So, just to kind of paint a picture for us. What what that was? Well, uh, well. So there was an. I don't know if it was seen over there, but there was a documentary done on ESPN. Yeah. He allowed this this crew to come and follow him, and uh, it's actually horrible to to see at one point because there's a picture. He had all these infections set in after the break, and and probably to take one little step back, the, the fracture that he had is called a compound fracture, which means that one of the bones pierced the skin, and that's what invites the infection. Uh, and, uh, even just by the fact he's in the operator, somewhere the, the bacteria got in. Um, and, and so they, you know, they're just sitting there having to scoop out infection, scoop out infection, scoop out infection. I mean, there's there's one scene in that documentary where they, you know, they've got the legs back, you know, right after the injury, a few days after, and it, it, there's nothing, there's just bone. It's just like the skin's cut open and there's bone, and that's it. And mm-hmm. so much had been removed. Uh, and so for the fact that he, you know, they've had to, you know, kind of piece it all back together and take a little bit of muscle here and there, but the leg itself looks, looks awful. And when he tries to walk, I mean, last year, even now he's got a little bit what they call drop foot. It's a little bit, you know, drags the foot along with him and he wears a special brace that gives him the ability to run with it. But yeah, if you were to watch him walk around, you think this guy can't play quarterback in the NFL. This is ridiculous. (laughs) Like you said, 17 surgeries, 693 days since breaking that right leg. And there he is on the field, his family in the stand. And he completes his first pass before he got the hit from Aaron Donald. When he completed that first pass, he oh, thank goodness. And then Aaron Donald came and then he couldn't have tested the leg any better i guess than we discussed there with uh, with aaron donald jumping on his back but the, the fact that he got this far is an incredible story why has he ever said why he's continued to play because this guy's a multi-millionaire it's not like he needed to come back and prove anything he could have just gone off into the sunset and lived quite happily and you know, with with all yeah. that money. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I mean, I uh, I was uh, I just literally got finished writing a uh, a piece about this uh, for the Washington Post, <laughs> and then uh, it went up maybe about ten minutes before you called. Um, but you know, I'd spoken to his wife after the game a little bit, and you know, she hadn't spoken to the media before this. And uh, he, uh, he he's always been very, very, very private about his recovery. He's only done a couple uh, press conferences, uh, but he, in the little bit he's talked and in talking to her, you kind of pieced it together. And it's just it started with this just need to meet goals. It's just that's his personality. Is I've got to just get to this goal, to this goal, to this goal, to this goal. It's how he's approached everything in life, and so. So his recovery became a series of goals until it just seemed like that's the goal you had to chase because you have to keep getting to this benchmark, to that benchmark, to that benchmark. And it was what pushed him forward. 
Uh, and it was one really kind of interesting thing she said to me was, uh, is his wife Elizabeth, uh, you know, it's like he would have been at peace uh, if it was out of his control. Like he worked as hard as he could to come back and they're just the league just wouldn't let him back in or they're just it, it physically was going to be impossible. But as long as he worked as hard as he could to do it, he would be OK with it. And, you know, he did. And then he worked so hard at it. He, he actually, you know, was able to get back. Uh, so yeah, it, it, I think the rest of us kind of look at it. I, I mean, I don't know if I, if I had a dollar for every time somebody said to me, uh, I'm, I'm happy to see Alex Smith come back, but I really don't want to watch the game where he does, uh, you know, out of fear for what would happen, you know, I'd, I'd be a wealthy man. I mean, it just, <laughs> it was amazing, it, it, you know, uh, but that's the pursuit that he had. He has to meet these little goals. And, and so each one came along until he had, he had gotten to this point. What's his next goal? Well, I, I think he'd like to come back and play as yeah. a starter. Uh, I, I think he, you know, he still never won a Super Bowl. I think people have always thought, well, he's this, uh, he's labeled as a system quarterback. He fits well into the systems that he plays. Uh, the phrase often used about him is game manager. Hmm. You wouldn't necessarily say that about, say, like Aaron Rodgers, who goes out and makes those big passes to win games. Alex Smith, but people often see as the guy who doesn't throw many interceptions, who's always throws the careful, reliable, predictable pass that gets you downfield and helps you get through a game, uh, often to win it, but not spectacularly. Uh, so I think that always kind of you know grates at him a little bit. He's so competitive. I think he would love to be a starting quarterback and win playoff games again. Well, it says a lot about um, the guy, doesn't it? Because you know he's somebody who's he's, he has literally fought his whole career, hasn't he? He was drafted first overall by the 49ers. You mentioned there. Aaron Rodgers he's lived with that comparison throughout and he didn't get off to the best of starts with that franchise but he carried on fighting he got them to an NFC championship game then the following year he gets injured up steps Colin Kaepernick Colin Kaepernick gets him to a Super Bowl Alex Smith is traded to the Chiefs and Steady Eddie he slowly helps the Chiefs and Andy Reid's team improve and then up steps a certain Patrick Mahomes, and he moves on. So like you say, he's always had, throughout his career, he's had that fighting mentality, hasn't he? He really has, and I, and I think he's a massively underrated quarterback. I mean, nobody ever, when they talk about the best quarterbacks in the league, Alex Smith is never one of the top names. In fact, he's probably at best in that middle tier, if not even, in people's mind, a little bit lower than that, which... I've always found remarkable when you talk to people who really know the position, really know quarterback in the NFL, I, I think they always say, no, no, you got to put Alex Smith higher up on that list. He, he really does do all these things to win games. Everything he does is about winning games. And look at how many games he's won. He's won a ton. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think all that really drives him. Uh, and, and the thing is, this team in Washington, there is an opening at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, they've decided that Dwayne Haskins, is probably not their future here. The guy that they drafted last year. This is a new coaching staff who have no ties to him uh, and have not been and out of him. And so they've moved on. That's that's how Alex Smith was even active the other day. And I think there's going to come a point. It probably won't be this week, but there will probably come a point, you know, somewhere later in the season where they're going to want to see him play a lot of games to decide whether or not is Alex Smith the quarterback for the next couple of years for this team, which, in fact, 
that's going on in the field, the idea that he might be the guy is uh, is beyond remarkable. Is beyond any kind of word I could use right now. Uh, I'm supposed to be a writer, uh, <laughs> but it really, it really is just kind of mind blowing. Uh, but you know, we'll see. They aren't there yet. Uh, this was a good test just to see get on the field yeah and in the meantime he'll be in the gym working those leg weights i'm sure and he was singled out for praise this week by barack obama yeah i was surprised by that i didn't know that there was any uh, that the two knew each other there was any closeness but but obama referred to him as his friend uh so i don't know where they got to know each other but that was uh that that, that jumped out of me it's very interesting i had i had no idea there was any any connection there or you know i have no idea what smith smith's very private so i don't know what his politics are but uh, I, I did not see that one coming. But the harsh reality of the NFL means there's no room for sentiment, even if you do carry Aaron Donald, as we mentioned, on your back. Quite literally, Ron Rivera's been quick to uh, remind everyone that Kyle Allen is their starter, as we've already discussed. But does it look like Kyle Allen will be back for their next game? I think so. It, it's certainly looking that way. Uh, but they, they don't practice in full again until Wednesday. Mm. So that, that will be a better sort of determination of, you know, where his, uh, or a better moment to determine whether, you know, his, his arm, he hurt his arm, uh, is in condition to actually, uh, you know, allow him to play again. I, you know, and I, I, I think they didn't want to use Alex Smith this early, even though he was active and they knew it was a possibility he could play. Um, He's just working himself back into shape in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, I know he knows the offense because the, you know a lot of the P. It's a very similar offense to the one that he ran early in his career in San Francisco. Some of the same coaches are here, uh, so that you know that that wasn't a matter of understanding what he needed to do in a game. It was more a fact of does he have the fitness for it? Does he have the you know is it. Is he really ready to run yet? When when somebody chases him down, and, and he was sacked six times, not all his fault, but it does show that there needs to be a little more elusiveness with him. He always had that. That was one of his mm. great traits as a as a quarterback was his ability to scramble away from pass rushes. He needs to show that he could do that again. And I'm not sure he's physically there yet to prove that. So I, I suspect that they would rather Kyle Allen play for a while. And then maybe at some point later in the season, Alex Smith will be in a better condition to get a better look at him. Yeah, we saw, we, we experienced firsthand one of his uh, great runs for the Kansas City Chiefs in their win over the Detroit Lions at Wembley Stadium, I think five years ago, maybe in 2015. If it wasn't 2015, it was 2016. What do you make of the situation regarding Dwayne Haskins? The trade deadline is coming up in two weeks' time on the 29th of October. Is there the room for a trade there? Do you think anybody would be interested in Dwayne Haskins, because clearly he is—he's—he's he's out, isn't he? Uh, I, you never say never, especially with this team. Because <laughs> <he> said <laughs> sure. Alex Smith would sure. never play again. <laughs> with this franchise, there always seems to be some kind of—you uh, know—they were never going to change their name, and then they changed their name. Uh, but I, I do think it's—it's uh, it's hard to see him coming back here. I think they're very frustrated with him. I think they're—they're—they're they're, they're really upset about his work habits and the fact that he just hasn't shown the leadership that they thought he was going to have or they hoped he was going to have. And some of that may not be his fault. And he was drafted in probably the wrong place at the wrong time. And now he's on his second coach. There's a lot of things working against him here. But they definitely have been very frustrated with him in recent weeks. 
I think they're afraid that he's made the same mistakes in games over and over. So, yes, I think they would like to move on. I just – by the fact that this team who's desperately needs a quarterback for the future is willing to move on from him, I can't see how another team is going to want to trade a draft pick uh, to get him. So I, I think that they will have to cut him at some point or keep him. I, I can't see a trade happening in the next couple of weeks. Again, never say never, but I just don't know who would trade a draft pick for him at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Is Trevor Lawrence on their uh, on the horizon, do you think? Do you think there's a situation where they can tank for Trevor, or do you think the Giants and Jets are that bad? There's no catching him. Well, there's that first. I'm not, there's, there's enough bad teams in the league right now, starting with the New York teams. That, yeah, I don't think Washington's in that position for a couple of reasons. One, I, the defense is really good, yeah. especially up front. And, and even their, their their cornerbacks have played pretty well and some of their linebackers. That There's enough with that defense that they think they're going to win games. This division is so easy, I think they actually believe they can win games. And, and Ron Rivera's come in here in his first year to kind of change the culture and get things going here. And, and the culture had probably not been very good so he was definitely hopeful to do that uh i don't think he wants to lose games i think i I think he wants to try to have a competitive team and his division is is very winnable right now nobody's any good and so i i just don't think they'll be in a position for trevor lawrence uh i don't even know if they'd be in a position for justin fields the ohio state quarterback who many might think maybe the, the the second best quarterback in the draft i i i don't know if they'll be in a position for one of those first round quarterbacks it, it may be somebody they have to draft later and i also think yeah the salary cap's going to get a little tighter next year because teams aren't going to get this the league isn't going to get the same revenue because fans aren't in the stands uh you're not selling as many tickets obviously you're selling any uh so i i, I you know I, teams are going to have to make moves with their quarterbacks there's gonna be good quarterbacks on the on the market next year uh matt ryan in atlanta may be an obvious one here i don't know if they're interested in washington but i think that's it you know just give, give you an idea who might be available uh there will be some starting level quarterbacks at some form or other available in soft season and how are fans in dc feeling about their franchise i know it's been a, a rocky road to say the least for the last decade or maybe even more but how are they feeling if they've they've got a, a, a decent head coach in Ron Rivera who is a solid face of the franchise there? I know he's going through his own battle against cancer at the minute, but you always stop to listen to Ron Rivera. He is one of those guys, one of those leaders. Is there any room for optimism among Washington football team fans? At the moment, well, you kind of you kind of hit on something early in that question when you said they've been through a rocky road. <laughs> it's been such a rocky road, and this off season particularly has been wrought with controversy. You know, some investigations that, that my paper has done mm-hmm. into you know the culture of sexual harassment in the franchise. There's also the the whole name change uh, thing where they dropped the longtime name Redskins. Uh, there's been all sorts of other little controversies sort of percolating. Uh, I, I think people are just worn down. Mm. Uh, you know, I, yes, Rivera's hire kind of brought some optimism, uh, but I, I think a lot of people haven't known what to make of Dwayne Haskins at quarterback. Some are excited, some weren't. He's, he's from this area, so I think there's a lot of people people who are upset that that he was benched 
Uh, you know, I, I just I just feel like the, your average fan of this team right now is so worn down over the last several years that I don't think they know what to make of it right now. And you know, if it were to suddenly win a division, I think people would get excited. If it was competitive toward the end of the year, people would get excited. But at one and four right now, when you know whatever it is, one three, I, I just think people are. You know, just gosh, goodness, you know, what, what's going to change here? When is it ever going to change? At least they've got that comeback victory against the Eagles, against your division foes like that. They, they've got that. You can't take that away from them this year. No, you can't take that away. And, and the other thing is, is like, again, nobody in this division is any good. Philadelphia isn't <laughs> yeah. any good. Dallas's defense is terrible. Oh, and and now Dallas is, you know, the quarterback is, is is injured and out, uh, you know, for the season. You presume. I mean, the Giants are terrible. I mean, Washington plays the Giants, Dallas, and the Giants again in the next few weeks, next three weeks, I think, or next three games. I, I, I mean, there's a very, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that, that Washington could be four and four and, and in first place in the division. And I and I think people will that will get people a little more excited. But there there needs to be something sustained here. There needs to be something that feels solid and permanent. And you know, right now Rivera's struggling to get all that together. And there's a lot of things that were broken that have to be pulled back together and fixed. And that doesn't happen overnight. And everyone's so frustrated; they just want something to happen fast. And it's and then be and be permanent. And it, it's just not it's not that simple. Great. Well, look, uh, Les Carpenter from the Washington Post, thank you so much for your time. And well, hopefully you'll have something more cheerful to, to write about. But you, you can't really top the Alex Smith story, I think, uh, this season. And what a what a great story and more power to his leg, I guess, now Alex Smith. And we'll watch developments there with a keen eye. Yeah, thank you. And, and no, it has been fun to watch this whole comeback. And I, I mean, it, it was inspiring to see him on the field. And yes, it was an ugly day and it was raining and he didn't necessarily play very well. But just the fact he was out there, just, just you know, it, it's something I'm always going to remember. Exactly. He was 9 of 17 for 37 yards in total. But that wasn't what mattered on Sunday. It was far bigger. Les, thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Thank you. And that's what it's about this week. Alex Smith, 693 days after breaking his leg, smashing his leg, nearly losing his leg, nearly losing his life. Can you imagine being a family member? Can you imagine being his wife? Sat in the stand and watching that, and then you see Aaron Donald, Aaron frickin' Donald, jumping on his back and literally carrying him. He gave Aaron Donald a piggyback. So if ever you're going to test your leg, like I said, he did it there. Well done, Alex Smith. I thank you for downloading the Transatlantic Sports Show podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please do. Give us a rating, write a little review in there as well. The bosses will be pleased. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at TASS underscore UK. We're also on Instagram, TASS underscore UK. We're putting up a load of social media posts. We'll have our 30-second sell with our fantasy guru, Andrew Jordan, later in the week. That podcast is to come. We'll have your week six preview sorted, plus all the waiver wires. We've got a ton of star talent on buys this week. So fear not if you are left scratching your head. Andrew is going to scour the waiver wire and we will have you sorted. And also, I've got my pounding ground, which we launch on a Sunday afternoon to get you ready for the matches. I find three matches. I give you a treble, so that's three bets. 
that you should put on. And well, if you backed it a couple of weeks ago, you'd have won. We came so close to winning 140 quid last week. So check out the social media. I am at A.R. Wotton, W-O-O-T-T-O-N. And a reminder that we are at T-A-S-S underscore U-K. So we'll be back in a couple of days' time with that week five. No, week six. My goodness, where does the time go? The week six fantasy preview is coming up. But until then... (laughs) 